This is episode 633 of the AWS podcast, released on October 30th, 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Leach here with you. Great to have you back. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Gillian Ford. G'day, Gillian. How are you doing? So awesome to be here, Simon. It is fun. And we get to talk about cool stuff. And we're going to start with some cool stuff in the topic of analytics. And Amazon Data Zone is now generally available. Now, this data management service is designed to catalog, discover, analyze, share, and govern data at scale across organizational boundaries with governance and access control. So it provides data visibility and helps data producers and consumers across business units more securely share data. Now, data producers can publish, manage, and govern their data with enriched business context in the Amazon Data Zone business data catalog. This means that data consumers can more easily find and understand the data. Data producers get business-friendly asset naming suggestions from an artificial intelligence-powered assistant, which accelerates the process to enrich that metadata. And data consumers then search and subscribe to those data assets using Amazon Data Zone data projects. And this is used to create business use case-based groupings of teams, analytics tools, and data assets. Now, consumers can instantly collaborate, share, and work with their peers using data projects and environments to seamlessly invoke tools like Amazon Redshift Query Editor, Amazon Athena Query Editor, or Tool of Your Choice programmatically. The integrated publishing and subscription workflow gives you systematic governance for automated data processes and generative AI usage with governed data sets using the same consistent project framework. Amazon EMR on EKS interactive endpoints is now generally available. Now, what this means is that Amazon EMR on EKS customers can run interactive workloads using an integrated development environment like EMR Studio. For customers that require control on their execution environment, you can use self-hosted Jupyter Notebooks as another mechanism to run your interactive workloads via those interactive endpoints. Now, these enhance the flexibility when running interactive jobs with EMR on EKS. And customers will be able to build a custom image with their application dependencies and use that image in running their interactive jobs using those endpoints. And a few other updates for Amazon QuickSight. It now supports running queries as an IAM role for Redshift data sources. It also announces predictive analytics using Amazon SageMaker Canvas. And AWS Glue now supports GitLab and Bitbucket in its Git integration feature, so you can integrate all the things. And something new for OpenSearch, OpenSearch 2.9 has a new feature called Search Pipelines. Now, this makes it easy to build query and result processing pipelines, which means you can build them as a composition of modular processing steps without complicating your own application software, which is pretty nice. And Amazon OpenSearch Service has also announced the Amazon OpenSearch Service integrations, so you can take advantage of new schema standards like OpenTelemetry, and build dashboards based upon an agreed-on schema between your ingestion pipeline and the OpenSearch service. And the OpenSearch service now supports OpenSearch version 2.9, which has several improvements to search, observability, security analytics, and ML capabilities. And that version itself, 2.9, has expanded geospatial aggregation support as well. So you can do more statistical analysis on your data, making it easier to draw conclusions and interpret that information. And finally, the Amazon OpenSearch team has been very busy. That service now supports alerting and anomalies on dashboards. So you can now create new or associate existing alerting monitors and anomaly detectors from the dashboard launcher. Now we've got application integration. AWS Step Functions announces an optimized integration for Amazon EMR Serverless, 
adding support for the run a job integration pattern with six EMR serverless API actions. EMR serverless is a serverless option in Amazon EMR that makes it easy for data analysts and engineers to run open source big data analytics frameworks like Apache Spark and Apache Hive without configuring, managing, and scaling clusters or servers. AWS Step Functions is a visual workflow service that makes it easy to compose AWS services into scalable, reliable, and resilient application components. All right, the next one is definitely handy. Amazon EventBridge rules now support wildcard filters, which enable you to match any character or sequence of characters within a string in your event payload. For example, you can use wildcards to match against values that end in a specific file type in a directory or contain a specific word. Support for wildcards allow you to more precisely specify the types of events you want to consume from an EventBridge event bus, opening new use cases and helping to optimize your event consumers. Amazon EventBridge Event Bus is a serverless event router that enables you to create highly scalable event-driven applications by routing events between your own applications, third-party SaaS applications, and other AWS services. You can set up routing rules to determine where to send your events, allowing for application architectures that react to changes in your systems as they occur. Event buses make it easier to build event-driven applications by facilitating event ingestion, delivery, security, authorization, and error handling. AWS Health now aggregates health events in your organization in Amazon EventBridge. Amazon SQS binding extension support in the Core Windows Communications Foundation, also known as Core WCF, this open source project is now generally available. So Core WCF bindings decide how the service endpoint should communicate with clients. As part of this open source contribution, we are publishing two NuGet packages, one for server side and one for client side. With Amazon SQS queue transport bindings, customers can send SOAP messages to Amazon SQS via the WCF client and run core WCF services to receive and process those messages without changing any contract or service implementations. This transport provides the extensibility to attach callback methods that can trigger additional actions such as Amazon SNS notifications, and AWS Lambda invocations once a message is processed. And last, Amazon SNS now connects AWS CloudTrail data event logging for the publish and publish batch API actions. Nice, lots of updates there and more updates in the topic of compute. It's a big list this week. We're happy to announce AWS Lambda's support for IPv6 for outbound connections in VPC. So we are now providing the capability for Lambda functions to access resources in dual stack VPC, outbound connections over IPv6 at no additional cost. So with this launch, along with Lambda support for public IPv6 endpoint inbound connections in 2021, Lambda enables you to scale your application without being constrained by the limited number of IPv4 addresses in your VPC and you don't need to have translation mechanisms. Now, previously, Lambda functions configured with an IPv4 only or dual stack VPC could access VPC resources only over IPv4, but that made it tricky 
We don't want it to be tricky. So now you can do it over IPv6. Lambda test events are now available in AWS SAM CLI. So if you use SAM CLI to author your serverless application, and it does make it pretty easy, test events are JSON objects that mock the structure of requests emitted by AWS services to invoke a Lambda function and return an execution event which means you can validate a successful operation or identify errors. Previously, Lambda test events were only available in the console. Now it's in SAM CLI, so test all the things. Amazon EC2 now supports setting AMIs to a disabled state. Um, so now you can disable your unused or obsolete Amazon machine image or AMI or ARMY. There's always the big discussion. What do you call it, Jillian? ARMY or AMI? AMI. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think we need the listeners to come and just like, Send us what it is that they, how they pronounce <laughs> it's it. It's right up there with tabs and spaces, let me tell you. Yep. Now, disabling an AMI changes its state to disabled, which makes the AMI private if it was previously shared, and it prevents any new EC2 instances launching from that disabled AMI. And this really helps your workflow because you could still keep it if you need to, just for regulatory reasons, but you wouldn't use it. Some two new instance types are now available. We're happy to announce the general availability of Amazon EC2 R7A bare metal instances. These are powered by fourth generation AMD EPIC processors. These were the Genoa codenamed processors with a maximum frequency of 3.7 gigahertz and they give you up to 50% higher performance compared to R6A instances. Now these are SAP certified and they offer new processor capabilities like AVX512, VNNI and BFloat16 and they have DDR5 memory so you get much faster performance, in fact 2.25 times more memory bandwidth compared to R6A instances. So these are good for latency sensitive workloads. Another new kind is the EC2 C7A instances. These are also powered by those Genoa CPU family with 3.7 gigahertz and again, 50% higher performance than the previous generation. Similar improvements in terms of the processor capabilities and the use of DDR as well. Lots of different sizes and these also allow you to attach up to 128 EBS volumes to an EC2 instance. The C6As rather than this C7A could only do 28. Now you can do 128. So if you want to attach lots of volumes, that's a good option. Amazon Linux has now announced support for Ansible and Coretto 21 in Amazon Linux 2023.2. And Amazon EKS extended support for Kubernetes version is now available in preview. Now, I know this is really interesting for a lot of folks. So starting with Kubernetes version 1.23, you can now use a Kubernetes version for up to 26 months from the time the version is generally available from Amazon EKS. Now, Amazon EKS follows the Kubernetes project release cycle. And for the first 14 months after a minor version is released as generally available, it's covered under standard support. Now, Amazon EKS extended support gives an additional 12 months of support for each Kubernetes minor version, so you get 26 months of support. And during this time, Amazon EKS will continue to provide security patches for the Kubernetes control plane and also release critical patches for the Amazon VPC CNI, Kube Proxy and Core DNS add-ons, AWS published EKS optimized APIs for Amazon Linux and Bottler Rocket and EKS Fargate nodes. Amazon ECR Public has introduced new navigation and search features in the ECR Public Gallery. So new filters to help you find things from well-known publishers like Docker and Amazon and some new landing page highlights to help you find what's frequently used. Amazon EC2 Hibernate now supports more operating systems. So you can now hibernate the Microsoft Windows Server 2022, Red Hat Enterprise Linux 9 and Amazon Linux 2023 operating systems. 
Now, as a reminder, hibernation is an Amazon EC2 feature that helps lower costs and achieve faster startup times by enabling customers to pause and resume their running instances at scale. Customers are not billed for compute time whilst instances are suspended and your applications will resume right from where they left off. And so there are all the cool updates for compute. And now we've got four quick updates on customer engagement, all from the Amazon Connect team. So Amazon Connect now supports multiple out-of-the-box chat widgets per instance. There's a new contact and agent metrics in the API. And the API has been enhanced for accessing historical agent and contact metrics. And the last is that Amazon Connect Contact Lens now provides manager alerts on real-time metrics. So up next is database. We've got a lot of these well-architected related updates. And here's another one. PG Active, Active, Active Replication Extension for Postgres. That's a lot is of available. <laughs> it really is. It's a whole yeah. lot of active. <laughs> is available for Amazon RDS for Postgres. So PG Active, this lets you use asynchronous active active replication for streaming data between database instances to provide additional resiliency and flexibility in moving data between database instances, including writers located in different AWS regions for the purposes of maintaining availability for operations like switching write traffic to a different instance. Customers use asynchronous active-active replication to allow applications designed for eventual consistency to write to two or more database instances to help maximize availability and reduce write latency. To support active-active replication, PG Active includes features such as node synchronization, automatic conflict detection and resolution, replication lag metrics, and can continuously copy data in up to 16 different writer instances. Wow, that's a lot. PG Active provides several automatic conflict resolution strategies in case two writers simultaneously modify the same database record, such as last update wins, first update wins, or customizable rules. Amazon RDS 4 Postgres now supports PG Vector version 0.5.0 with HNSW indexing. And last is Amazon RDS for Postgres, MySQL, and MariaDB supports the M6IN, M6IDN, R6IN, and R6IDN instances. So let's talk about developer tools. And AWS Code Deploy now supports multiple load balancers for Amazon EC2 applications. So before you could only deploy one application per classic load balancer, ALB or NLB, CodeDeploy now supports up to 10 load balancer target groups per application on EC2. AWS has also launched more encryption options for AWS app config feature flags. So now you can use the AWS key management services customer manage keys, and you can use keys that you yourself manage to encrypt and decrypt configuration data hosted by AWS app config. And AWS app runner has added support for mono repos and has also launched improvements for using custom domains. And there are some new features for CDK8s, which includes synthesize and import Helm charts and resolve cloud tokens. Now, this makes life a bit easier because Helm stands out as a widely embraced solution for the deployment and management of Kubernetes applications. By converging CDK8s and Helm, 
users can enjoy a unified workflow for creating and deploying Kubernetes manifests. And with the recent addition of the CDK8 synth command, you can transform a CDK8 app directly into a Helm chart ready to be integrated with Helm deployments. Next up is end user computing and two quick updates. So the first is AWS Workspaces now provides bundle selection guidance in the AWS console. And the second one is Amazon Workspaces services are pleased to announce the availability of new applications, including Microsoft Office LTSC Professional Plus 2021, Microsoft Visio LTSC Professional 2021, Microsoft Project Professional 2021, Microsoft Office LTSC Standard 2021, Microsoft Office Visio LTSC Standard 2021, and Microsoft Project Standard 2021 on workspace instances. It's all the offices. <laughs> all, yes, that's right. <laughs> Let's talk quickly about front-end web and mobile. AWS Amplifier's GraphQL API capabilities are now available as an AWS CDK construct, so you can build things beautifully, easily, and automatednessnessness. And Amazon Location Service has added bounding box search for device positions. So this allows developers to retrieve the latest position of their devices within a specific polygon. With bounding box search, developers can efficiently find devices within an area of interest to support use cases like searching for tracked assets near a location, showing device positions on a map at different zoom levels, and personalizing communication to customers within specific geographic areas. That's super cool. I have no idea how to actually do that without an API like Amazon Location Services. It would be hard. <laughs> yeah, it would be very hard. And up next, we've got Internet of Things. So AWS IoT Device Management, this is a fully managed cloud service that helps you register, organize, monitor, and remotely manage IoT devices at scale. Now, we've announced the general availability of the software package catalog feature. So with this new feature, you can now track and monitor software package versions across the fleet, gain valuable insights from a central dashboard, and perform targeted updates on devices running on a specific software version. Using the software package catalog, you can register and maintain an inventory of up to 10,000 software package versions and related metadata in a centralized place. The feature works closely with AWS IoT Device Management's fleet indexing, making it easier for you to index, search, and group devices based on software package versions. You can gain an overview of package version distribution and aggregated metrics across device fleet. Moreover, you can use AWS IoT named Shadow to record and maintain package version information that's installed on each device. So this information can derive necessary metrics to support granular analysis. And similarly, the integration with AWS IoT device management jobs gives you the flexibility to perform targeted actions based on the software versions. Let's talk about machine learning. Amazon Titan Embeddings is now generally available. Now, Amazon Titan Embeddings is a text embeddings model that converts natural language text including single words, phrases, or even large documents, into numerical representations that can be used to power use cases like search, personalization, and clustering based on semantic similarity. Now, this is optimized for text retrieval to enable retrieval augmented generation or RAG use cases. Amazon Titan Embeddings enables you to first convert your text data into numerical representations or vectors, 
and then use those vectors to accurately search for relevant passages from a vector database, which allows you to make the most of your proprietary data in combination with other foundation models. Now, Titan Embeddings supports more than 25 languages, including English, Chinese, and Spanish. You can input up to 8,192 tokens, which means it's well-suited to work with single-word phrases or entire documents. The model returns output vectors of 1,536 dimensions, giving it a high degree of accuracy, whilst also optimizing for low latency and cost-effective results. Because Titan Embeddings is available via Amazon Bedrock's serverless experience, you can easily access it using a single API without managing any infrastructure. You can now deploy ML models built in SageMaker Canvas to SageMaker real-time endpoints. Until now, SageMaker Canvas provided the ability to evaluate an ML model, generate bulk predictions, and run what-if analysis within its interactive workspace. But now you can also deploy the models to SageMaker endpoints for real-time inferencing. So it's just quicker to get things done. And some other updates for Amazon SageMaker. Amazon SageMaker Canvas has expanded content summarization and information extraction capabilities. So you can do this without having to write any code. And Amazon SageMaker Canvas has also expanded its support for ready-to-use models to include foundation models. So now you can access and evaluate foundation models to generate and summarize content using those models in addition to the ready-to-use models that already exist. Amazon SageMaker Feature Store now supports a fully managed in-memory online store, which enables you to retrieve features for models serving in real-time throughout your ML applications. And the new online store is powered by ElastiCache for Redis, which is a blazing fast in-memory data store built on open source Redis. And Amazon SageMaker Model Registry also announces support for private model repositories, so you can keep them to yourself. And you can now enhance the accuracy of pre-trained recognition moderation models with custom moderation. So this makes it easier to find or remove content that is inappropriate, unwanted, or offensive at scale. And customers across industries such as social media, gaming, and advertising often use recognition's content moderation capabilities to protect their brand reputation and enable safe user communities. With custom moderation, customers can now enhance the accuracy of the moderation deep learning model on their business-specific data by training an adapter with as few as 20 annotated images in less than an hour. And Amazon Textract has launched custom queries to improve information extraction for business-specific documents. Now, Amazon Textract is a machine learning service that automatically extracts printed text, handwriting, and data from any document or image. And this new feature lets customers adapt the queries feature and improve extraction accuracy for their particular documents. So it allows you to extract specific pieces of information using natural language questions, which makes life a bit easier. And finally, Amazon Kendra has released the Drupal connector to enable Drupal document search from that service. Now on to management and governance. AWS customers now have the option to enable systems manager and configure permissions for all EC2 instances in an organization that has configured to use AWS organizations with a single action using default host management configuration. This feature provides a method to help customers ensure core systems manager capabilities such as patch manager, session manager, and inventory are available for all new and existing instances. Default host management configuration is recommended for all EC2 customers and offers a simple, scalable process to standardize the availability of system manager tools. 
AWS Systems Manager Fleet Manager, RDP, now supports up to 1080p resolution. And AWS Systems Manager Application Manager now supports SAP HANA. We are also introducing a new CloudWatch metric called Attached EBS Status Check to monitor if one or more Amazon EBS volumes attached to your EC2 instances are reachable and able to complete I.O. operations. With this new metric, you can now quickly detect and respond to any EBS impairments that may potentially be impacting the performance of your applications running on Amazon EC2 instances. You can now launch Amazon CloudWatch Internet Monitor directly from the VPC console. Internet Monitor provides visibility into how internet issues impact the performance and availability of your application hosted on AWS. To use Internet Monitor, you create a monitor and associate with one or more resources, which are VPCs, network load balancers, Amazon CloudFront distributions, or Amazon Workspaces directories. AWS Control Tower releases 22 proactive controls and 12 AWS Security Hub detective controls. AWS is pleased to announce an update to the AWS Well-Architected Framework. If you haven't heard of it, you should definitely check it out, which will provide customers and partners with more prescriptive guidance on building and operating in the cloud and enable them to stay up to date on the latest architectural best practices in a constantly evolving technological landscape. The enhanced implementation guidance for the new and updated best practices in this release are more prescriptive, including enhanced recommendations and steps on reusable architecture patterns targeting specific business outcomes in the AWS cloud. And last is now in the AWS Well-Architected tool, you can effortlessly craft review templates to answer questions, update notes, and even incorporate custom lenses across your workloads. On to the topic of media services. Amazon IVS introduces in-console broadcasting for low latency streaming. So once you create at least one channel, you can initiate your first stream from the console itself. Previously, you could use broadcast SDKs or third-party streaming software. Now you can do it yourself inside the console. I think I'm going to give that a go. And AWS Elemental Media Tailor now supports ad break discovery in channel assembly. And AWS Elemental Media Convert now supports video source replacement. Let's talk about networking and content delivery. AWS Network Load Balancer now supports availability zone DNS affinity disable connection termination for unhealthy targets, and UDP connection terminations by default. I know that's a lot, so I definitely want to break that down. Dive into that so one, So let's start yeah. with the <laughs> availability zone. Yep. So the availability zonal DNS affinity. So this capability resolves DNS such that clients resolving the network load balancer DNS receive the load balancer IP addresses in the same availability zone that they're in. So this enables customers to build zonally independent application stacks and improve application performance by reducing latency. You'll still have the ability to build your application across multiple availability zones for redundancy. So the next is the disable connection termination for unhealthy targets. So with this feature, you can choose to maintain or terminate active connections to targets that fail health checks. 
By disabling the default network load balancer behavior, you can prevent client reconnect storms in the event of an outage. And the last is the UDP connection termination by default. So network load balancers now terminate UDP connections at the end of the deregistration timeout by default for newly created UDP target groups. With this new feature, you can gracefully terminate long-lived UDP connections, improving the performance of your application. And the last update is the application load balancer and network load balancer now support registering instances as targets when addressed by IPv6 to simplify load balancer configuration. This launch enables you to directly register instances using IPv6 addresses as targets, removing the need to track individual IP addresses. The feature also enables the use of EC2 auto-scaling groups with your target groups, which provides automatic registration of targets based on the scaling needs of your application. Let's talk about security, identity, and compliance. AWS Verified Access, which is a service that helps you provide secure VPN-less access to your corporate applications, now supports customer-managed keys, or CMKs, for KMS for the encryption of data at rest, making it easier to meet the compliance and regulatory requirements of your organizations. By default, AWS Verified Access has always provided encryption for all data, including trust provider information, group policy, and endpoint policy, using AWS-owned KMS keys when stored at rest. Now you can also have the option to use customer-managed keys to encrypt data, including your trust provider information, group policy, and endpoint policy. And you can begin using customer-managed keys with just a single click in the console or through the verified access APIs. And Amazon Macy has introduced new managed data identifiers to expand its capabilities for discovering and identifying Stripe API keys, Google Cloud API keys, driver's license numbers for India, and national identification numbers in India as well in the simple storage service. Understanding the presence and location of such data in your S3 storage helps you better plan data security, governance, and privacy of your organization. With over 100 managed data identifiers, Macy helps protect your sensitive data at scale. And the last one in today's episode is supply chain. So AWS supply chain demand planning now supports product lineage. Creating an account demand plan requires demand planners to include sales history of prior models or similar products as input to forecast. With this release, planners can establish links between products and their predecessor versions or alternate products incorporating rules around the extent of history to be used for forecasting purposes, referred to as product lineage. AWS Supply Chain Demand Planning will leverage this information to generate a surrogate history for the product forming the basis for more accurate demand predictions. This ensures that the forecast generated through product lineage is inherently more precise, thereby minimizing the need for manual adjustments to forecasts. I like the sound of that. Yeah, sounds handy. Sounds handy. It's, it's funny, whenever we do these update episodes, there's always one or two things I go, yeah, going to try that. Yeah, going to have a go at that. There's, there's always something useful. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I'm loving all of the well-architected related types of updates today. Mm, mm. If you're not using it as an organization, you should. It really is, it's a catalyst for talking to each other about how you build and run your solutions, software, services, etc. It's amazing the things that come up 
during those conversations. It really is. <laughs> and then you you don't know what you don't know. I that happens every single yep. time. Yeah. There's there's often the I thought you were looking after that. And the oh I thought you were looking <laughs> yeah, after that. So true. <laughs> Awkward. It's so true. It's interesting as we start to get to sort of the end of October into November, our thoughts of course turn to reinvent. And That's um, right. we're across it, aren't we, Jillian? We're covering that thing from top to bottom this year. That's going to be exciting. All the latest of what happens at reInvent, we're going to cover all the exciting announcements. Yep. Every day there'll be an episode to keep you up to date. I know, I know many folks listen to the podcast just for that, to stay up to date for that, that big week of stuff. So we're going to be uh, working hard together to get you all the content each and every day on the day it happens. That's our commitment to you. <laughs> That's right. And Simon, you're even going to be up at like two in the morning or something. I mean, that is like serious commitment. Well, you know, these these are the sacrifices we make to to deliver a quality product. But yes, I'll be I'll be delivering things as quickly as possible. And you too, even though you're in a friendlier time zone, we'll make it happen because we care about our listeners. We want to make sure you have the, the right. latest and greatest in your hands. That is so true. It's very cool, Julian. How do folks reach out to you? On Twitter at Miss Jill Ford. Awesome. And if you're old school like me, Adibus Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.